Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is episode 51. My name is Luke Navarro. And my name is Mike Perna. And today on this episode, we're going to be talking video games. It's E3 week, so we'll be reviewing uh, some of what we know about the new consoles. And we'll also be delving into the, uh, the, the question of video game addiction. Is it a real problem? If it is, how do we deal with it? But before we get to that, Mike, what have you been up to lately? How is your geeky gaming world going? I, I'm, I'm doing good. I, I will say that I have finally uh, finished Bioshock Infinite. I've been putting that off for a while, mostly because I didn't want the game to end, and partly because I've been ah. <laughs> partly because I've been busy. And sometimes, like as we were talking before we got started recording, sometimes you don't want the deep immersive storyline. Sometimes you, you're just tired, and you just want a nice little "I want to occupy about a half hour of my time" kind of game. And so I've been I totally get that because Infinite does. It is a lean forward kind of experience. Yeah, it, you know what it I mean. Beckons it, you forward. It, it, you, you have to be there. You have to be connected, and and stuff happens, man. It really so I don't does. Know. I don't. I, I'm gonna say that we're probably not yet within the statute of limitations. Oh no, especially especially Infinite. when they started talking about DLC and stuff like that. As soon as they started talking DLC, the statute of limitations shot back up again. So. There's no way we can talk about the ending of Bioshock yet, but I will. All right, that I sort will, of sucks a little this bit, is, but, this but is I what get I'm gonna, This is what I'm going to leave you with. A lot of people said it was a horrible ending. I don't think so. I I really don't. Uh, I mean, I'm not. It wasn't a horrible ending. No, no, but that's. It was a very Bioshocky ending, is what it was. It was a very Bioshocky ending, and, that, and that's enough, right there. I think even that saying that is too much. Yeah, well, let's just put it this way. It's the kind of thing where once you know that that's the ending, it's the sixth sense of video gaming. Once you know that this is the ending, you can look back on the game that you just played and go, oh, they set that up there and there and there and there. But you had no idea that was important until you got to the ending. Well, and to be honest, that's the reason I sold the game back. Really? Yeah, it's. I don't want to play through it again. I know what happens now. It's not as interesting to me. And the gameplay mechanics aren't compelling enough to have me go at it again. And I hate DLC. So, there you go. See, I, I understand that. But I, I definitely do want to play it again. I don't know if I will dare the awful, torturous experience that is the 1999 mode. No, but, I, don't, I don't think so. But I, I do think kind of I stuff. do think I'll play it again. I want to play it again if for no other reason than I apparently missed the greatest moment you in did. that game, and and I want to go back and experience it. The greatest moment of that game is I, when when Booker and Elizabeth find the guitar and do this little duet. It was hyped up as anything. Like if you see nothing else in this game, see this moment. And I apparently skipped it completely and com and missed out on the awesome, and I want to double back. And if I don't do anything else with this game, I need to go back and see that. See, I missed out on the hype. I didn't know it was a thing. Oh, And it... so, you know, I, when I'm just clicking on random stuff in the this place, and I pick up the guitar, and this thing starts happening, it was a pretty magical video game experience for me. Yeah, I would... See, I was so hyped on it because I'm a I'm a Bioshock fanboy. I will totally cop to that. 
And because I was a Bioshock fanboy, I was watching any pre-release, any preview, any anything that they were putting out there. And one of them was the actual actors who voice Booker and Elizabeth recording that song. Mm. And and I was like, oh, I can't wait to see this because that's going to be awesome. And then I didn't. Mm. So yeah, I need I need to fix that. Uh, so we know what you've been doing in your digital gaming. Any chance for analog gaming these days? I am desperately seeking to get up a uh, another game day, a, a 10 plus hour gameathon uh, scenario going. I will if you're pro- gonna do it. You might as well do it hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> probably, I'm probably gonna do it sometime this summer. I can't, I can't say when. I have no idea. I'm still trying to figure that out when it'll work. But uh, yeah, it's. It was a really great success, and surprisingly, the, the coolest thing about it is, uh, anytime somebody comes up to me and says, you know, games are, are silly, or, or games are just, uh, you know, mindless entertainment, or it's something to do when the power goes out, I will tell you the, <laughs> I will tell you the fact that at this church in, you know, suburban New Jersey, I crammed a room full of people, like 40 people, Plus, I lost. I stopped counting after about forty, and shoved them in there with a bunch of games, and just said, "Let's play." And a bunch of people who had never met each other before that day sat for hours and played video games and learned about each other, and and talked and got to know each other. I made several friends, and really, the coolest thing about it is, is that you know so much of what we do here is to say how how games and and geeky stuff can be used to impact people for god i know lots of people who are unchurched and who don't really care much about god who have sat and listened to me talk about what i believe and what i feel passionate about because before any of that happened we sat down and played pandemic we sat down and played house on the haunted hill we played you know, all these different games together and, and that forged friendships. And I, I love that. And so I definitely want to see that happen again. Definitely want to see it as part of the, the local branch of the Game Store Profits Ministry. Nice. Nice. That being said, I also, I desperately want to get my hands on a game called Smash Up, which is basically let's throw every geek thing at a game and and make it awesome. Yeah, I, I have seen it. I haven't played it yet, but we'll we'll see what happens. It does kind of... I don't know. It's um, it's a card game. I mean, you know, uh, and and the whole like mashup thing does not thrill me quite as much as it thrills you. Oh, so. it thrills me. But I'm sure awful. that it's going to come across uh, my gaming group at some point. And actually, uh, I now have two active gaming groups, and this week I was at both. Nice. How crazy is that? Um, we had 15 people or something like that at one of our ga- one of the gaming groups this week. Wow, uh, how does that it, even it is, happen? It That's growing. fantastic. It happened on Meetup. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Meetup.com, and uh, in conjunction with the local game store, and there we had two full tables. Uh, I think we, we were, everybody was playing Seven Wonders, um, which was a little, I mean, it was great. It was fun. We had a lot of fun playing Seven Wonders. Not particularly my favorite game in the world. Uh, we were planning on playing... Um, What's it? I think it's called Chaos in the Old World, um, which is a much more hardcore game. But we had all these people show up who were kind of new to the group, and so it was easier to play Seven Wonders, which is theoretically a more accessible game, though maybe not. 
Um, and uh, so we did that this week. Uh, I also hung out with my... I, we have this group going that is a... I know this sounds strange, but a Ticket to Ride slash Flames of War group. And uh, we play Ticket to Ride with a couple of people first, and then a couple of us move on to the uh, Flames of War group that that is after that. I'm concocting some weird conglomeration, like in on the Ticket to Ride game, you're setting up the trains that bring the soldiers into war. Like... <laughs> you know, there are actual armored trains as you can you can run armored trains in fields of flames of war that's what i'm telling um, you man you should you should write up a little book and and <laughs> put it out there on the internet how to how to integrate these two games you'll make you know yeah but awesome. we'd have to do like flames we'd have to do uh ticket to ride europe naturally we couldn't because we're we're playing the american one so that doesn't that that wouldn't make sense uh, unless we went like with some crazy alternative history kind of stuff happening uh, so yeah, I did that this week as well, and now my wife is out of town, she's at a conference this week, uh, she wasn't here for Father's Day, but uh, my kids gave me uh, some games for Father's Day, uh, I picked up two games that uh, I, I expect that most of the listeners are probably surprised that I don't have, uh, but we got I got Settlers of Catan and Ticket to Ride um, for Father's Day, and you know what's cool about that, right? There's a reason why I didn't own these games. Why is that? Okay. Because everybody else does. Uh, very true. Like, and all of my gaming for basically ever up until this point has been outside of my house. It's at a game group's house. It's at a game store. Uh, and so, like, owning Ticket to Ride or Settlers of Catan is just redundant, right? Uh, but now there's a lot more gaming happening in my house. My kids are into it. And so they're buying, you know, it's Father's Day. They they picked the games to buy me. They bought the games that was like, okay, we want to play these with the family. And uh, we already played Ticket to Ride together. My youngest daughter, my six-year-old daughter, slaughtered us in Ticket Dude, to Ride. Nobody knows color matching uh, better than a six-year-old. <laughs> you are absolutely right. And it's funny, man. She's like Rain Man. She's like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was uh, that's a whole lot of fun. Been doing a lot of gaming. I got in a couple of Flames of War games this week as well. Uh, have a ton of Flames of War tanks and uh, infantrymen to build and paint and and do all that too and i don't know when in the world i'm going to get to that but but i'm definitely trying um so a lot of analog gaming this week but but what we're talking about on this show we're talking about digi games we're talking about video games um e3 happened this week yes it did in all its holy crap glory so we got a little bit of info uh on the xbox one we got a little bit of info on the PlayStation 4, and we got Nintendo not even bothering to show up. Literally. <laughs> they didn't show up. <laughs> uh, so, let's uh, let's talk about these two consoles. First off, uh, are you as not carry as I am about new consoles? I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, but, but are you still uh, kind of meh about the things? See, I think after E3, like, everyone was waiting for E3 to announce games. The other stuff was talking about the right. consoles, and I really didn't care. Uh, Xbox was like, I don't I don't know who in their marketing team decided their current strategy was a good one, but that person should be fired. And yeah, the PS strategy, which is something along the lines of... Yeah, like I... That. 
Yeah, some, mm. something along those lines. Let, let's just announce everything that everybody hates. Basically, they, they've they've always they've always prided themselves on being a gamer's system, and now they're like, "Hi, we don't do games anymore. Seriously, we we don't. And and you can do this, except unless you don't have internet, but you can still watch TV on it. And it's like they took everything that it the Xbox was and flipped it. The Xbox has always been about, let's have awesome games, let's have an awesome gaming experience, and then we'll put stuff in there, like, you can do Netflix through it, and everything right. like that. And then somebody... Well, you already have it. Right, because you already have it because of the games. And now they've right. flipped it, and they're like, oh, look at all this media stuff. Oh yeah, and you can also play games on it. No. No, that's well, not how this works. One of my favorite responses... My favorite responses to Microsoft's positions on all these things actually came uh, out of the military. And okay. Was, Congratulations, you have now ostracized the military of an entire nation. Because if you think about it, right? Okay. One, always on the internet. Not easy to do when you're, you know, now, let's, on the front. Let's mm -hmm. be fair. It only needs to be on once a day. <laughs> right. Or it locks you down and, and makes it impossible two, to play games. And two, a always-on, always-watching, always-listening device the, in the front lines. This is not good. The, you can't the all have this. No I have Sauron. I can only see now like <laughs> somebody trying to hack Xbox One technology yeah. just to be able to watch and do reconnaissance. <laughs> you know... And the thing is, is that the guys who are out there fighting, there also happen to be the target video game audience. Well, if you look at what games uh, Microsoft did put out there, what was one of them? Freaking Call of Duty. Right. Well, and Destiny, they're, I mean, you know, I mean, it's all the same stuff, dude, shooting stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's, it's just, it's ridiculous. Now. Don't get me wrong, I love this kind of forward thinking, right? Having the opportunity for this device that's always listening. You know, it's the computer on the Star Trek Enterprise. It's uh, it's Major Roddenberry for us everywhere. Uh, but I love the idea of a video game system where I can just download everything on the hard drive. I don't have to buy discs. I don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. But why does that have to be required? Well, I don't get that. Make it a Make it a possibility. Don't make it a requirement. Um, but even that said, because PlayStation has done better. I I'm not a PlayStation guy. I'm an Xbox guy. But PlayStation has done better. Hold on, Luke. I'm going to stop you right there. Hi, kids. Future Mike here, coming to you from the editing bay of GSP headquarters to bring you a little bit of an update. Apparently, since we recorded this episode, the folks at Microsoft have listened to the hue and cry of the people, having done a complete 180 when it comes to the issues people were complaining about, such as the call-home requirement for being hooked up to the internet, and the difficulties posed for used games based on the DRM and stuff like that. GSP isn't a gaming news show, we just give our opinions on stuff. But seeing as this happened between episodes, there are already a ton of more qualified folks talking about the issues here. And whether this is ultimately a good decision or a bad decision on Microsoft's part. Feel free to stop by our webpage or Facebook page and leave a comment. But from where I sit, I think it was a good call. If only they had gotten rid of the mandatory connect. Anyway, this has been a future Mike addendum. 
We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. But even then, I just don't care. I really don't. You know, thinking about how many video games do I buy each year, how many console games do I buy each year, this is not going to be something I want to spend $500 on. Yeah. It's just not. Because there aren't, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, there aren't enough games. Right. You know, because there are so, and, and it isn't that there is not enough in number, there's not enough that I'm going to buy. And the reason there's not enough that I'm going to buy is because they're expensive. You know, I, I don't want to buy a $60 game more than once or twice a year. And if I'm only going to buy it once or twice a year, well, I already have a computer. I think that's why I've breached this whole ennui with the console generation. Because I'm looking at the games that are coming out. And I'm looking, I'm especially looking at the exclusives. Because let's face it, a game if a game is available on a PC, I'm more than likely going to try and do that. Because I already have one of them. The, the exclusives that are coming out quite frankly, are a little on the boring side. Well, there's certainly not enough, and they're not enough, and there are not enough of them to warrant spending $500 on a console. Right. I mean, there are titles that, that I will at some point want to check out. Watch Dogs is a title that I will right. want to check out, but not enough that I'm spending, you know, 400 bucks on a PS4. And there is a reasonable chance that if it is good enough... It will find its way to PC. Right. And so I... There are very few games that remain... Very few great games that remain console exclusives. I, I will say for a f for just my opinion on this, I will say that I, I have absolutely no desire to buy an Xbox One. I really don't. It Basically, if I was to buy a console, it would be for the games. And I've lost confidence in the fact that they care about the games. I, I really have. Because I there's nothing... If, if the greatest thing you can tell me is, we hooked motion capture up to a dog, I'm like... I really don't care about anything you're going to tell me right now. As far as, as if, if I was going to get one, it would probably be a PlayStation 4. But it would be after a significant amount of time has passed. Once it gets down to a couple price breaks, then you could try to convince me that, yeah, this is a good idea for me. But quite frankly, I would rather spend that money on upgrading my PC and getting my hands on another handful of board games that I've been looking at rather than put it towards another console. You know, I, I, I completely agree with you. Now, again, you're right. Ask me this question in three years when the Xbox is 250 bucks. Well, I might buy it then. Because you have the advantage then of getting the, the low-cost console. You have the advantage then of several years worth of... Bug fixes. Theoretically used games. Theoretically used games that you're able to, to buy for a whole, you know, pennies on the dollar. Eh, not if they have anything to say about it. Yeah, I know, I will so, and if they don't, then I won't, right? But that's what I did with the Xbox 360. You know, I bought the thing like three years ago, and played through everything that was great. I mean, I didn't miss anything from this console generation. I bought it, I bought my copy of Red Dead Redemption for $15. Exactly, exactly. And these were great games, and I was able to, to play them. Uh, I'm not a Cult of the New kind of guy. Uh, you know, I've been talking about Flames of War today. It's only been out for like 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm okay coming late to the party because once I come late to the party, I know who's cool and who I want to hang out with. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't, uh, I don't, 
there's just no way I'm going to spend that money. Now, maybe if you're a kid and that's that's your dream thing and your entire life is focused on that. Yeah, maybe. I guess. But I'm not that person, so it's hard for me to know. Yeah, I think I think I think you summed it up nicely. I after watching E3, after checking what's coming on, there might be one or two titles that even remotely intrigue me, and that's really not enough for me to get a new console. It really isn't. Well, can I tell you one thing that I have noticed quite a lot lately, and this kind of dovetails with some of the board game talk that we we do on this show, and that is as technically advanced as Call of Duty and Battlefield are. And even games like Diablo and uh, even some MMOs, though there's not too many really technically advanced MMOs right now, I really miss the game mechanics in games. Okay, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but, but elaborate. Okay. So, uh, I'll throw out another game. Civilization. Yes. Okay? Uh, I still play Civilization hours upon hours to this day, and it's been, I don't even remember how long since Civ Five came out. It's been a while couple of years. Civ 5 is so laden with depth. All of these mechanics, there's combat mechanics, there's there's happiness, there's religion, there's uh, diplomacy, there's all of these different mechanics that you have to run. You know, it's a game like SimCity, where there's it's there's a lot of game happening. And by game, I mean there's a lot of things you got to work out and figure out what's going to be the best thing to do. Now, don't get me wrong, we've always had our Twitch games, Right? We've always had our arcade games, but as I get older, I suppose, and as I get more into board games, I like the game, the the strategy, the thinking, the the understanding the mechanics more than I like the Twitch. Uh, You know, a couple weeks ago we were talking about Don't Starve, Yep. a game with, you know, maybe about a 10% Twitch factor and about a 90% strategy game mechanic factor. It's one of those games you look at and think, why would this be fun? And yet it is very fun. And, you know, that's just not the direction that game companies are going right now. They're not going for games that, you know, really appeal to the old school gamer in me. I have the perfect perfect example for you. All right. There is a game, and it started out small, and it started out, you know, a couple people had heard of it, and then it exploded. And now... All I have to say is the title, and everyone knows what this game is. Even if you've never played it before, you know what it is. You've probably seen the the, the uh, resources from it. It is a little game called Plants vs. Zombies. All right. Plants vs. Zombies is coming out with a new game. Did you hear this? No. Is it the, gonna? Are they fi- is there finally a Plants vs. Zombies two? The license for Plants vs. Zombies two is now in the hands of EA. Oh lord. And they've made it. A third-person shooter. Oh man! Called Plants vs. Zombies: Garden Warfare. And I wish I was kidding. You're kidding, right? I'm not. I'm not. Oh! I've seen footage. I've seen gameplay. I've seen interviews. Plants vs. Zombies Two is called Garden Warfare. It is a third-person shooter in which you can play as classes: the Chomper, the Pea Shooter, the Sunflower. And I think there was another one, but I don't care. Oh, sorry. The Cactus was the fourth one. And you can play four-player, multiplayer, third-person shooter version of Plants vs. Zombies. Now, Plants vs. Zombies is a game that I have literally played 
like 75 to 80 hours playing Plants vs. Zombies. One, it's because it's been around forever, and so it's it's always been a constant right. on my Steam library list. However, the other reason is, is because it's one of those great games that you don't care if you've played this level seven times before. It's still fun. It's still a challenge. You still wonder, crap, do I really need sunflowers on this board? Do I really need to cover my plants? Because are guys coming up from the ceiling? You know, the, there are so many great things that are going on in a simple game about the ridiculous concept of zombies are attacking your, your yard Make sure you plant plants that can fight against them. And they turned it into a third-person shooter. But that's, uh, again, that, that right there shows you what games are like now. And and I will be the old curmudgeon. I don't care. I am I am slowly but surely leaving the demographic of, of video game people. And I'm going to shout that from the I rooftops. Am, I've passed. I, I, I'm, it was the, the 18 to 32. 32 uh, year olds i'm past that so oh is it 32 uh, i thought it was 35 dang it i'm out of it too i, I, I think it's i think it's like 34 sometimes Woo-hoo, i've got an extra but, year yeah you know you know i mean it's it's i'm past it whatever the case is i'm past it and i feel like i'm past it these things do not interest me at all i want the kind of games that still sometimes show up on pc yeah the kind of games where like you need to know Exactly what the attack value of this thing is. Exactly what the defense value of this thing is. You need to know statistics. You need to understand what this terrain is going to do to affect your units or your avatar or your whatever. And that's the kind of stuff that interests me these days. I I want stuff that's a little bit more cerebral. That's a little bit more hardcore. Uh, And I don't mean... God, I hate that word. Uh, (laughs) But... Old school. How about that? Old school. There you go. I, you know, I want, I want stuff that's a little bit more old school. It's the way I grew up. I'm sure that there'll be a generation after us someday, when their grandchildren are. are I remember when all we did was play games where large, creepy-looking men ducked behind chest-high walls all day. (laughs) Exactly. They'll they'll be begging for their cover systems. a generation from now, just like we are uh, begging for our turn-based strategy. Uh, so I don't, I don't think I'm definitely not going to be a day one buyer. That's not going to happen. No, not even close. I'll probably just keep running my old Xbox 360 and uh, feed it old games, and and play some games on my PC, and then you know pick up my board games and play with human beings. I, I uh, will. Let's just let's just be fair. We're all about the the the, the presenting both sides of this. As much as we're saying this, as much as both, as much as both of us are saying, we're not going to get consoles. We have no desire to play these consoles. We have there's no games that we would play. If someone bought us, like if somebody, if like a gift or something, got us one of these consoles, you know we're firing oh, that up within two minutes. Oh, of course. But it does not. I mean, look, it's it's just about cost benefit. Right. It does not compel me. $500 worth. It just doesn't. I think about everything else I can buy for $500. I can buy some really cool stuff for 500 bucks. Uh, however, I mean, it certainly would compel me zero worth. Yeah. And it probably compelled me probably 250 200 I might think about it at 300 I don't think I would get it at 300 But 
it would be somewhere in that window. But uh, just at the price point that it's going to come out at and the the value that it's going to bring for me, it doesn't add up. I, I agree completely. I just wanted to throw that out there in case somebody gets on and listens to us, especially if it's for the first time, and says, these guys are just jumping on the bandwagon. Look, if you give it to us, we'll play it. Holy crap, will we play the heck out of it. Well, and and it is going to be a little bit tricky for this show. Yeah. Uh, that It could be a problem, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, being that the, uh, the biggest news in geekdom we will not be taking part in we'll be we'll be sideline commentators at best you know so we'll see like i said we'll cross that bridge when we get to it and and this is just another opportunity to hear from you guys because there's probably a number of you out there that are are either agreeing with us completely and saying why the heck would i waste my money or are going to be that guy who's waiting in line at two in the morning to get the first xbox or playstation and if that is you, we definitely want to hear from you because we need to be convinced. As of right now, the companies that are selling these consoles are doing a really terrible job of convincing us to buy their system. So we would definitely love to hear about any reason why we should. Absolutely. And, you know, we're talking about video games today. Uh, video games have cropped up a little bit uh, on the the uh, the Christian worldview media world stuff lately uh, with uh, who was it Mark Driscoll Mark Driscoll somebody got up basically said video games are dumb and they are a waste of your time and they ruin lives etc and let's be honest here uh, in the Christian world uh, as Christian geeks um, I, I think that with maybe the exception of D&D, video games are really high up on the list to get the boot from Christian leadership uh, on a fairly regular basis. I, and it could even be higher than, than D&D. It's, but it's definitely on the top there. I would say it's more consistently. I would say it's more consistently the bad guy than D&D is. D&D and, is and, more and intense. Certainly it is, and certainly video games are much more uh, uh, prevalent. So Oh yeah, they are more more op- opportunities to get the boot. They got the boot again this week. Um, Mike, you responded to it, so why don't you tell us about the story? Okay, I, I saw it on YouTube, and it, at first I, you know, it was one of those recommended viewing things based on what I spend my time watching on YouTube. And because of, of this show and what we're doing with the greater awesomeness that is Project Awesome, I have been consuming all things YouTube. Uh, partly this is because I'm taking the same mentality of when you when you say you want to be a writer, the first piece of advice anyone will give you is you have to make sure that you are reading more than you're writing to see what's out there, to see style, to see you know how to craft scenes well. You must be consuming all sorts of literature if you want to consider yourself a writer. Well, as things are being, you know, put together, as framework is being laid, at some point I want to break out and start doing YouTube videos based on some of the content we're putting out here on GSP and some of the broader stuff. And so, naturally, I want to see what's on YouTube. I am consuming everything that talks about video games, geeky television show. I am loving every time the PBS Idea Channel guy gets on and says awesome things like, is math real? Uh, It's awesome. And so I'm just watching all this stuff. And so naturally, when I see 
Mark Driscoll's happy, shiny face in my recommended viewing. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to hide my bias here, but it, I'm sorry. I, I can't stand Mark Driscoll. He's, he's a brother in Christ, and so I, I'm going to try and be very good here, but I really can't stand the way he operates. And Well, he clearly has not read Wheaton's Law. Right. Not at all. Uh, basic, Dude's mean. Don't be mean. Basically, he got up, and the thing that, that, that bugs me is that he did it from behind the pulpit. If dude wants to get up and say, you know, I think video games are stupid and useless, then I, you know what? That's your opinion. You've probably never played one. Good on you. But from the pulpit, he basically told a room full of people who are either going to be completely alienated because he said this thing that I love is stupid and useless or are also living in a place of ignorance about it and are now saying I must destroy all video games because they are going to destroy my life and the lives of my children. And neither one of those should take place. I'm very careful as far as what I, I am okay with guys saying from behind the pulpit. Because while they have the right to say it, I have the right to say, you're being a terrible person. And <laughs> you need to step down. Because there is power behind the pulpit. And he got up and said, video games destroy lives and people waste their existence playing them. And Alright, so let, yeah. let us attempt to actually tackle this issue. Now, you know, there are similar things said about D&D, and we have kind of come out on this show and said what we think about that. Now, I'm going to say, and this may be surprising, but when it comes to video games, I kind of agree just a little bit more than I do when it comes to Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, you know, could can Dungeons & Dragons be dangerous? Yes, in an extreme case outlying case possibly video games to me are a different issue mm -hmm. so let's talk about okay what are we what are we getting at here uh i think what mark driscoll was getting at was the fact that these games consume people um he also had some comments about you know the value of games and and basically just said they're garbage um but taking that bit and putting it aside the, the real crux of the issue is the possibility for video games to consume people, to destroy lives, to cause addiction. That is the, that is the issue that, that we ought to be talking about, at the very least. And I will, right. way more than I will with regards to D&D, say that is a possibility. And I'll, uh, let me explain why. Because video games are actually designed in a Pavlovian manner. They are designed to be compelling. Yeah, well, and I mean, basically, a good video game is going to give you some form of reward feedback on a regular basis. You know, and, and, you know, it's that Pavlovian input feedback loop. Like, oh, I do this thing. Oh, I, I got something good. I, I, you know, how many of us as gamers, and I will definitely put myself in this, uh, in this camp, say, hey, civilization... One more turn, one more round, one more. Yeah, I've I've been in that situation. Uh, one more fill in the blank. They're designed to be compelling. They're designed 
to screw with your brain such that you want more, okay? There is actual biochemistry happening. It is the same pleasure loop that happens with chocolate, with drugs, with sex, with prayer, with all kinds of stuff where I put an input in, my brain says this is pleasurable, I want to do it some more. Okay, so, you know, the fact that they are intentionally building games with hooks that can lead to addiction says to me, this is a more serious topic. And this is something that, you know, I mean, when we talk about D&D, I tend to be very derisive, right? This, to me, is a more serious topic that we need to address with, uh, with a little bit more maturity and a little bit more nuance. Yeah. And see, this was one of the reasons that I, I knew we had to talk about this was because when I put up the Mark Driscoll video, I had people commenting left, right, and sideways, uh, listeners and even just friends that saw me post it, uh, about the idea. There, there were two basic camps. It was one that was like, like Mark Driscoll's an idiot and, and he shouldn't have ever said that and games are awesome. And then the other group was, dude, have you? Ne- you've clearly never seen somebody in the midst of this kind of game addiction, or sometimes they'll call it game compulsion, and seen the damage it does to families, to you know the people that are around these gamers, and he, he like he's a pastor and he's dealing with that issue, and I. I, as I knew we had to talk about it because we're coming at it com- kind of from a different degree in the fact that I completely believe that games addiction, games compulsion oh, so is a thing. It is definitely worth talking about. There's no doubt in my mind that it is a thing. And especially as Christian gamers, we need to be addressing it. However, I at the same point, I want to say that there is value in these games. There is potential for huge. Yeah, I mean, that's what, the that's whole what we've show been about. about. You can listen to, you know, the past. Yeah, the past fifty episodes before this one will tell you that there is so much depth in gaming and so much greatness to be discovered. Now, granted, we're not always talking about video games, but I will say that a lot of the time we are, and there there are some truly great games out there that just do phenomenal things. It makes you ask questions about just about your existence. That actually makes you ask questions about what's right and wrong. And it makes you ask questions about like so much stuff that is on a deeper level because you're playing a silly game. Uh, there, there are indie games literally where each character is a colored square that will make you just stop and, and, question everything and and think about your life and think about your own philosophies and your own understanding of community versus isolation and how you're not going to get through this by yourself i i cite uh the walking dead game where like you are are forced to realize that sometimes life is really really hard when uh this this is the moment that i point to all the time in this game you're at one point i was given five things of food and this woman who was who had been running the camp says, "You think this is so easy? Here's all the food we have. There's five pieces of food, and there are ten of us. You have to walk up to somebody and say, "You don't get to eat today." And and there were so many times in that game that they made you actually take control of the guy, even though there was no real reason. This could have been done in a cutscene. This could have been done uh, just watching him do this. 
but the game makes you take control of it because it needs you to feel responsible for it. And that's a video game. It can be done so well and it can do so much. And I think that's both the blessing and the curse here. Well, all right. So if this is the first time you're listening to our show, we love video games. If this is not the first time listening to this show, you know how we feel. Okay? So just keep that in mind as we continue on talking about game compulsion. Now, first thing I want to say about it is it's not the norm. And it's not no. the necessary result. And that's the big problem, is when somebody gets up behind a, a pulpit and starts talking about anything, it becomes normative. What The things that pastors say for their congregation is normative. And, you know, we are trained as believers to understand that when our pastors talk to us, yes, we need to make sure that they're, they are actually preaching the word, but... but in in general, when we have come to trust our pastors, that they are guiding us, and the things that they say to us are the way we ought to live our life and the way we ought to see the world. And so, by doing this, you're essentially claiming that video game compulsion is normative. It is not. It is a outlier for sure, uh, and it is it is a small small percentage of people who might get caught in this circle. That being said, if you're listening to this show, you're in a danger group, okay? Uh, those of us who like this stuff enough to listen to podcasts about it, we're in the high user group, okay? And so we're the ones who really need to be paying attention to this. Uh, so, Mike, tell me, what we, what do you think... Uh, are danger signs. What are things that... Or maybe we even need to just talk about what this video game compulsion is. I think it, it's kind of hard to nail down in a lot of ways because a lot of people... It's really easy to justify game compulsion as I'm just looking to have fun. And so it it's really hard to nail down that definition. But this, is, this has always been the thing for me. This has always been the sign that, that you have, have pretty much gone off the deep end if this is a situation that you find yourself in. And I know this for a fact because I've either been the one doing this or I have been a guy who has watched guys I play with go through this. The biggest one, the biggest warning sign, the biggest danger area in my experience is when games come before people. And it might sound ridiculous to say that, but I've watched it happen a number of times. Let's make it even more specific. Games become more important than local people. Because sometimes there are actual people on the other side of those games. Right. And and we can talk about the another value show. of online community. That's and another stuff like show. That. Heck, GSP is online community. But yeah, that's another show. Here's, I'll give you an example and I will you know hide the names to protect the guilty and innocent. I, I played WoW for four years. Off and on. Uh, World of Warcraft, for those of you who aren't used to the nomenclature. I played it to varying degrees of healthy. When I first started playing, it was a fun diversion. Then more people started playing that I knew. Like, actually knew. And then we started playing in a guild, and that guild was pretty decently sized. And so there was always somebody on to play with. I played with one dude uh, in Australia constantly. Which meant that I was playing ridiculously late my time to play with him because he was playing in Australia at, at my core. It was, it was pretty bad. There would be lots of times when I would not do good things. 
I would not. I would set aside people that was that were right there, uh, roommates, friends. I would. I would put that stuff aside to play this game. Another example, more specific example, was is that when I was when I was in seminary, one of our friends had. I can't remember if he actually got his degree or if he just left or whatever. All I remember was was that he had left. He had moved out to Montana and had pretty much not been a part of our lives for I think probably close to six months to a year at that point. And he he came back into town. He came back to Dallas to visit. I forget what the, the context was, but he was in town. And so a party was planned. Now I didn't know this party was planned. No one invited me. So I was bored and I got online and I, I noticed, hey, another buddy of mine was online with me and he was he was playing with me. We ended up we ended up, you know, running some dungeons, doing whatever, do what you do when you play World of Warcraft. And then, you know, the night was over and, and I went to sleep. Well, the next day I heard about this party and I'm, I was upset. I said, why didn't anybody tell me about this? And then I started realizing and I asked my friends, I go, hey, was was he aware that this party happened? And my friends are like, yeah, we, we told him specifically. And I said, why didn't he go? And they said he had a previous engagement that he could not quit. He could not reschedule. And that was when I had to stop and say, he played WoW with me for three hours last night. That was his previous engagement. And so a friend of his, who was a really good friend of his, who hadn't been around for months, if not a full year, was suddenly back in town, and he would have rather have spent it piddling around in a fake world. Uh, I know for me, the biggest thing I had to struggle with was was that mine wasn't ever really pointed. I've known some guys who said that, you know, straight up said, my life is better in the game. And mine was never that pointed, but I did. I had that feeling of, my life sucks. Nothing that I've wanted has come together. Everything is falling apart. This, the things that I even had have since left or been destroyed or whatever. And instead of having a, a healthy outlet via my gaming, I let gaming replace a big chunk of who I was. And thankfully, I had a lot of really great friends who surrounded me in that moment and said, dude, you're being ridiculous. And, and... I've often said that they kicked me, kick, they kicked my butt with the love of Jesus because they saw what I couldn't in the fact that, you know, I kept justifying it. I kept saying, you know, this is what I do to relax. This is what I do to unwind. And then I realized that stuff wasn't getting done. Friends weren't being seen. I, I was skipping out on church. I was skipping out on classes. And that's, that's it was a terrible situation that I found myself in. And a lot of it, yeah, it had to do with the fact that I started putting the games above people, above people that I cared about and above, you know, responsibilities that I had. And that's, it's unhealthy. It was, it was a dangerous place. And that's when games can go too far when, and it becomes, you are compelled so much. Right. You can't miss this raid. You can't, you know, you need to get that one extra level. Your life isn't complete until you finish the game on such and such a level or such and such a difficulty or your gamer score hits a certain level when when you start saying that that your your life is somehow inadequate without doing that stuff that's when you've gone into yeah, a whole I think other place also that you need to know yourself you need to understand this is an actual biochemical thing that is happening so if you happen to have predispositions to this kind of biochemistry 
I happen to come from a very addictive, very depressed family. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. It's just the way we are. And so I am very careful about anything that can be addictive. I, I, I become compulsive with things so quickly so that I am almost always having to say, okay, back up, back up. And, you know, so some of the things you need to know, what is your background? Have you experienced addiction before? If you have, be more aware. Are these things becoming compulsive more than they are fun? Because one of the tricks about addiction is it tones down the f pleasure level. And so you play more and more and more, but you're never able to get that same level of buzz. And of course, as you said, Mike, once it becomes something that begins to affect the, our, your actual physical life, you're not showing up for class, you're not showing up for work, you're not showing up for your family, it's time for, for you to put the games down. Uh, the good news is, uh, while there is this... Uh, sort of the pleasure center loop thing happening in your brain uh, there isn't there aren't foreign chemicals in your body to, to make it more difficult to let go uh, and you can let go you know and hey why don't we give a a, a potential solution a potential um, alternative to uh, video gaming if you feel like maybe you're compelled you, you're spending too much time uh, one option might be, if you're into this show, go find yourself a game store. Sit down with some human playing beings and play a few board games. A lot of the same fun, but at least you're doing it with a person. Somebody who's going to talk about their day, talk about your day. A human being who's going to look at you. You're going to get to know. They're going to know your name. You're going to know their name. You know, that's a, We're not saying, we're, we're not, that these things are bad. That there, that you shouldn't enjoy a video game. Video games are fun. We're just saying that be aware of yourself, and if you're going too far, stop. If you need to get help, get help. If you need to try something else, try something else. But know this is a thing, and it is a possibility. And I, I think one kind of important piece of information that we can toss out there, uh, kind of in light of what we've been talking about, how... A lot of it is, it doesn't just affect you, it affects the people around you. I think it's really important that we all remember, especially if you find that you might be in this situation, you have to be listening to the people around you. You have to be listening to their concerns. I have to, at, at, at given intervals, my wife has looked at me and say, get away from the computer. Now this is, that tells you, my wife tells me this because, and that shows you that it's, it's a recent thing. Because there are times when I do, I, I get wrapped up in a game, I get wrapped up in what's happening and, and things like that. And there are times when my wife has had to look at me and say, you've spent too much time on that. Now, there, to be completely honest, there are times when, when I say, you know what, I, I really need this right now. I need a day just to play games. And, you know, a lot of times these people will, will, come, will be appreciative of that and they'll understand and if it's just for one day, they'll be like, you know what? Okay, you, you enjoy. My, my wife does this to me. There have been days when she said, you know what? He needs to do this. I'm just going to back off. But after a while, it stops being just a day or stops being that I just got this game or about that I just need to unwind from work. And these people will often come again and again and say, you need to step away. You need to step away. And you can only yell at them so much and say... I need this before you really start having to 
think about what where you are because a lot of times we want to just make it okay we want to 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 point out the benefit without pointing out the harm and really especially as christians because everybody points out when it comes to like things like alcohol and things like that everyone points out the passage that says do not be drunk with with wine and yeah granted this is a bit of broadening the exegesis on this statement but um i'm sorry i think the statement is more than just about making sure somebody doesn't get drunk on booze anytime something becomes controlling over you more than god is you need to put it down and i know this this seems like a a catch-all kind of thing like it's this is not new information but especially at, at the potential that there's even one person out there that's listening to us right now that might be dealing with this or maybe you think that possibly there's an outside chance that you might fall into this category try something and this is something that i do with myself on a on you know fairly regular intervals take a set period of time i usually go for you know a day or two and swear completely off gaming video gaming and put it down and don't look at it for a day or two if you can do that and be completely okay well then maybe you you do have to think about it a little bit maybe you should talk to the people around you but you're gonna be okay but if you find yourself in a position where after a day or two you start to get skittish and you start to to really count minutes until you're back playing the game you really need to reconsider whether it's at all healthy for you to be doing this and we're not saying this to be jerks or because we secretly hate video games or because we're we're turning on a pro board gaming agenda here uh, heck, probably by the time we're done here, I'm probably going to play a round of Don't Starve just because I enjoy it. Uh, we're, we're not anti-video game here. But we actually, you know, part of why we do this is because we care about our listeners. We care about the state that you guys are in. And we've from the very beginning, we have gone on the idea that we want to make sure that you guys know that you're not alone in this. We want you to know that there are other people, brothers and sisters in Christ, who struggle with this stuff. Who spend a lot of time in prayer and and being accountable to other people to make sure that we don't let video games overshadow god we want them to be part of our experience of life part of our enjoyment and and even part of how we grow closer to god but the second they overshadow him it leads you down a road that you really don't want to be down and we want to make sure you don't go down there you know, we talk about this because it's video games and because we're geeks. And so this is our world. But whenever we talk about something like this, we also need to make sure that we are finishing with a disclaimer. And that is, you can take out the word video game and put in just about anything. Maybe it is uh, drugs or alcohol or porn or whatever for you. Then you probably know that that's a problem. But maybe it's something much more insidious. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's uh, a sports that you love to watch. Maybe you, you, you go fishing every chance you get. Whatever. Fill in the blank. Maybe it's Facebook. You know, or Pinterest or what, whatever your social media is. If there is a thing that is in your life and getting to the point where it becomes compulsive, 
you need to really very carefully examine that thing and decide if you need to back off uh, you probably do need to back off if it's becoming compulsive if you need to just get rid of it entirely uh, if you need to replace it with something else that is a little bit healthier uh, compulsion is bad compulsion is bad and it doesn't matter what it is we happen to be talking about video games because that's what this show is about but if you kind of recognizing uh, in the things that we've been talking about in this episode yourself and it doesn't happen to be about video games it's still bad and you still need to deal with it that being said next week there's a good chance that we're going to come on this show talk about video games and how awesome they are so uh, hopefully folks you'll stick with us uh, for our I think, Mike, our two-year anniversary next episode? Our, our next episode, we, we hit 52, and we do this every other week, so, so we, that would be we're two, two years. years. We, got, we hit our 100 mark on Facebook. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, we are expanding. Project Awesome is well on its way. We are in the nitty-gritty, dirty stuff at the moment. We, uh, we are building things, and uh, so that uh, is there's nothing fun to see, nothing fun to talk about. But it is happening, and there are good people who are uh, doing a lot of work on behalf of Project Awesome, and it is it is well on its way. And I, w- I want to make sure that we, we mention uh, the fact that all these folks that are helping us out, pretty much every one of them, I don't even I can't even say pretty much every one of them, either was a listener first and then emailed us and said, "This is the skill set I have. I want to help because I really believe in what you guys are doing." Or one of our listeners says, I know somebody and they recruited them for us, right? Yeah, they kind of caught the vision, recruited them in, and now they're now they're listeners. If you guys think that you have some like like again, right now we're doing the, the nitty gritty. It's a lot of coding, it's a lot of, you know, li- making logos and stuff like that. It's a lot of the the planning on how to get it. But at some point we're going to need people to create content. We're going to need, you know, people to to be professionally awesome as in, you know, go out and be a quote-unquote game store profits street team. Just tell people about us. You know, there's a lot of stuff that needs to get accomplished and we are but two men and uh, you know, we're we're literally just so blessed. I know I I speak for you too, Luke, when I say this. We are so blessed and are overwhelmed at the fact that so many people are doing so much work literally just because they believe in what we're doing. It's the coolest feeling ever to see you guys kind of rally around the vision that we have for this. And we hope to see so many of you kind of participate in this either directly or indirectly through the, the Facebook page and talking about this, that, or the other thing. People will, will kind of talk about the Facebook page because... I really want to hear your stories about this stuff, about your experiences, your struggles, your and maybe you find that you're 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 in it right now, and you know you need help and and you need people praying for you. I really want to start seeing that stuff come into to game store profits too. The fact that we need to be praying for each other. That you know I'm not going to suggest that we have like the the let's pray for each other power hour here at the end, but. I'd love to see stuff like that happen on the Facebook page and see stuff like uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who happen to also be geeks really rallying around uh, because this is not just about gaming. And I think that kind of that kind of that I want that to be the last thing that we kind of stick on here 
This is not about just gaming. This is not about just the activity of playing. That's a part of it. It's a huge part of it. But that's not why we do this. It's not why we started doing this two years ago. We started doing this two years ago because we realized that the the hobby of gaming, the pursuit of gaming, the enjoyment of getting together with a bunch of your friends and just having a blast and laughing and celebrating existence together is about being part of what God has for us. And we want you guys to be a huge part of, of how that continues and how that kind of evolves. And you never know. There there might be times when when you might run into somebody that you've met on, on the Facebook page or something like that and might know that there are people praying for you. Other geeks, other gamers, other folks that are just like you who are praying for you and are, are playing these games with you and struggling with you and and enjoying life with you and and everything in between all right so mike how can folks if they're interested in helping out with project awesome if they're interested in getting together with other people uh to share their geek life uh, how could they do it probably the biggest way to do it right now is our facebook page yes we are over 100 as luke said i believe we are at about 103 of us on the community right now and we love the fact that you guys are sharing stuff, you're commenting on our posts, you're posting up your own stuff. Absolutely love that. Please continue to, to keep doing that. It's facebook.com slash GameStoreProfits. Um, I have officially taken up the mantle of GameStoreProfits on Twitter again. Uh, it is at uh, GSProfits. Uh, I also have my own on there again, which is now... Like, before Twitter was just a silly thing that I did... Now it's more of a personal offshoot of what we're doing here on the podcast. Um, and I totally ran with the whole, you know, back in episode one where Luke and I said that we were dwarves in the D&D world. Um, my, my Twitter handle is now Mike the Bard. And, you know, I hope you guys follow me. I hope you guys, you know, tweet back at me and, and say stuff like that. Uh, I've already had a couple people that have signed up on Twitter and stuff and, and said that they're, they're looking forward to what I have to say there. Uh, trying to think of what else I, if you, if you do check our Facebook page, I'm taking suggestions right now for, for the possibilities of doing a Tumblr. I, I don't want to do it just to do it. I haven't set it up yet, but I'm really kind of looking for your, for fe your guys feedback because you guys are the guys I want reading this and, and viewing it more than anybody else. I, I kind of jokingly said on my Facebook page that I'm, I really think that we're the greatest community of, of geeks who love Jesus on the internet, though I am biased, but yeah, definitely looking to see you guys on all these various social media fun times. Uh, Luke, well, what about uh, you? It's easy. You can head to LukeNavarro.com, my website that Mike just figured out existed last week. And uh, you you could... Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I, you, I, you didn't I, advertise I, it. To, <laughs> to be fair, uh, I since Project Awesome has begun to take form, I have uh, uh, been a little bit more active there. Uh, it is, in fact, a Tumblr blog, which means basically it's a bunch of pictures. Uh, links and the like, but uh, it is there, and if you're interested in things that I'm interested in, you probably find some cool stuff that uh, you will enjoy on that site. And uh, you know, we are we're just thrilled that you're listening. We're thrilled that you hung out with us on the uh, the occasional rare downer episode, which we do have to have every now and again. So we apologize for that. Come back next time. We'll 
think of something cool to talk about. Uh, and in the meantime, remember that, that God is the game master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. <laughs>